Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And my, oh my, are we here with a once-in-a-millennium guest, a once-in-a-lifetime guest. We are here with a guy that, not to mention, I mean, I'm not going to start off the podcast by chirping him, but he is the only guest I've ever had, the only guest we'll ever have on this podcast that I have hit a bomb off of in baseball, and college baseball. He, is, he was drafted last week. By the Pittsburgh Pirates in the fifth round, he went from JUCO to a fifth-round draft pick. Is that good? You tell me. It is my boy, my former competitor, Logan Hoffman. What is up, Logan? Not too much. How are you doing? I'm good, man. And I want to let's go right into the bomb here because I want to start it off with a bang. All right. Do you remember the home run that I hit off you? I, I just want to see. I, I do. Even though I gave a lot up, uh, I gave up. I think 15 that year. I, I remember that one. <laughs> Well, specifically, let me go into the – let me break this down from just the standpoint of me. So, the way we started is I got a first – I got an A-B against you, the first A-B. I think I went three pitches, good morning, good afternoon, good night, strikeout, the classic. So, I was was basically on – I was myself for that at-bat. And then next thing you know, I I, I go to the next at-bat and I foul outside fastball, probably like 92 paint. I foul it off like – like the oppo taco almost bond i'm like okay i mean what this is I, this is like an out-of-body experience and then next pitch i think you just throw me like an inside fastball and i have to this day i have no idea how this ball went out but all i remember is just everyone on my team being like what in god's name did this guy just do this guy just hit a bomb off logan hoffman and then next thing you know i guess next that bat i struck out again so i got two you got me twice you got me twice so that i mean it was just a fun, man. I mean, we used to have so much fun there, man. The, the Colby and McCook rivalry. It wasn't really a rivalry. I mean, you guys beat us majority of the time, but <laughs> it was definitely fun, man. So what was your time at Colby like for you, man? Because obviously you're just carving people's asses up like me because I was scared to face you at one point. Uh, first off, that pitch, I do remember that. I threw it about five inches inside, and I was like, how did that guy just turn on that? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But, uh, yeah, Colby, I mean, like McCook, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, all you really do is work out, play baseball, and hang out with the guys. So uh, it, it was an awesome experience. I loved it there, especially we had like 15 other Canadians too. So uh, we, we all got along really well. It, honestly, man, it, like now that I look back on it, I, when I was there, I, I used to hate it. Like I used to hate my life when I was there. I was like, <laughs> get me the hell out of here. Like I, I'm from a big city. I'm like, I can't do this. Like all my friends would be partying in universities, having the time of their life. And I'd be in a college dorm room playing Fortnite, just cranking a bag of wine, like just for no reason on like a Tuesday, man. So it was definitely a weird experience for me. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like for you, a guy from Saskatchewan going to Colby, Kansas, which is like honestly just insane in its own right. So what was that adjustment like for you to be in Saskatchewan and then you get recruited from a a town that literally no one's ever heard about in Saskatchewan? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Colby was big for me. I think it was like 5,500 people. Uh, the town I'm from is 450 people. So it, it was uh, it was like moving to a big city. But, uh, yeah, no, there wasn't a lot going on in Colby. Like you said, there's a lot of Fortnite played at night and uh, a lot of hanging out with the guys. But, uh, it, I mean, you have to adjust to it. It, it was a 20-hour drive from home, so um, can't really go home on the weekends or whatever. But, uh, no, Colby was it, – it was an easy adjustment. Everybody was pretty welcoming, and everybody was easy to get along with. 
Well, the, the Colby team was pretty much Team Canada. I mean, you guys have <laughs> about 12 kids from Canada. I, your coach, Rock, I believe his name is. We talked about it with yeah. Eric Sim. He loves Canadians. I think he just has a Canadian fetish. I mean, he loves Canadian baseball players. During your time there, who do you think was like the, be- like the best baseball player that you played with at Colby? Oh, I'd say Matt Kootenay by far. I mean, the kid hit 431 his first year and like 428 <laughs> last year. So I don't know how you can really beat that. Um, I know Kansas, the ball flies a little bit, but that, that kid's a legit hitter for sure. Yeah, you guys had a couple of dogs for sure, man. I mean, there was one guy that's I'm pretty good friends with, Reese, who could have been nasty <laughs> if his back wasn't made with glass. I mean, that guy yeah. is just – and just let's talk about him for a second because he had an addiction to pain pills while he was playing. Like this, he would tell me stories that he couldn't be able to function on the baseball field unless he took pill, like like twelve ibuprofens. Like, do you, <laughs> tell tell a story about what you had to see this guy do before a game. It was painful to watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd see him. He lived right above me in the dorm, so I'd go up there in the morning, and <laughs> he'd be laying in bed, hard to get out of bed, and then. Yeah, he'd walk, trot down to the calf maybe before a game. I mean, you've seen Reese. He's not the biggest guy ever. But, <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, he went through a lot of pain playing, that's for sure. Yeah, and then let, let's go into your second year at Colby, the year that I hit the bomb off you, whatever. But, so, you're getting recruited, and you, like, literally, you're just – you you stick out like a, sto- a sore thumb when I'm facing you at McCook because – I guarantee you, like, the people that are watching the games from McCook or Colby are looking at you and being like, is this guy from another planet? Like, how does a human <laughs> arm throw this hard? So how many offers did you have, like, out of your sophomore year? Where it just, was it just a ton of D1s? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the Kansas JUCOs, we have that big showcase at Wichita State. I think it's in September. So out of there, I probably talked to, like, 20-some schools. And then um, – from there, I, I really I probably had like 15, 20 offers. So most of them were Division One, and then eventually I I committed in November to Northwestern State. What was like the top five you had? Like, was there SEC schools ringing on the doorbell or what? None. No, my my top five were University of Kansas, uh, probably Southeastern Louisiana, Northwestern State. Um, I talked to University of San Diego for a while, but then that kind of just faded away. So, but yeah, no, no SEC schools. How dumb do you think the University of San Diego feels now when probably the recruiting coordinator <laughs> is watching the draft and they see in the fifth round on TV, I believe Tom Verducci announced that you got drafted, which is, but is sick. So you're, yeah. you're on the board and the, the University of San Diego, like I mentioned last episode is doing the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV saying, holy shit. I could have recruited this guy and I fumbled the bag. I didn't recruit this guy. And now he, he's, he's on the pirates. So how, like, how, like, do you think that these, like some of these schools at least kind of regret not recruiting you, especially after the year you had last year? I mean, for sure. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, that's what I set out to do in, in the fall. I wanted people who didn't really look at me or didn't think I had a chance to pitch at their school to, to regret their decision. And then when you went into this year, and I, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm not even going to read your stats because it's literally the easiest read of all time. Zero ERA. Like, that's all you have to really say. Just for people listening to this and saying, Johnny, like, what, what's going on here? Like, this, why, why was he only dropped in the fifth round? This guy went 28 innings, I believe, right? 28? Yeah. 28 innings 
and didn't give up a run in all in the whole year. D one from JUCO to D one, this guy went twenty eight innings and didn't give up a run. So talk about that, man. I mean, not like how is first of all, how is that humanly possible? Like even like <laughs> the best pitchers on the planet give up runs. How do you want? How did you go twenty eight innings and not give up a run? What, were you just buzzing the whole year, like every pitch was working? Yeah, I mean, it actually it started in the fall. Really, I I gave up one run in the fall. I think one hit and one walk in like I think it was eighteen innings or something. So uh, I really got off to a hot start there, and I'm like, well, I hope this isn't the good part and the season's the bad part. So uh, inter squads before our season started again, I was doing really well. I'm like, oh gosh, well first start here we go hopefully hopefully i can keep it going and then first start against wichita state i went seven scoreless and i'm like okay well i guess it carried on so uh my next three starts i was just going out there and i'm like well i'm gonna try not to give up a run i guess and give our team a chance to win and uh i gave up three unearned runs actually uh, i think we made an error of two outs and then they hit like a one guy hit an inside the park home run actually so it was an unearned inside the park home run so that was uh Something I've never seen before, but uh, yeah, no, I felt really good uh, all four starts this year. Yeah, baseball is such a weird sport. I mean, just the fact that that's even a thing is an unearned home run is just bananas. <laughs> yeah. But and let, I want to talk about that Wichita State game because you you start Wichita State isn't no like scruffy shitty D one team. I mean, Wichita no. State produced a lot of good guys like our boy Grayson Genesta, Joe Carter, like just a couple names. Ever heard of Joe Carter? He hit the fucking walk off home run in the world series so what was your nerves going into that first start against wichita state which is i believe not that far from colby so you kind of have a little bit of a familiarity with wichita state so what was that start like for you your first d1 college start against a powerhouse division one school i mean i was pretty nervous not gonna lie but yeah there was there was a lot of people um we're at home too so it's it's a pretty cool experience my family came down from canada so i really didn't want to throw two innings and give up five earned because it kind of would have wasted their trip. But <laughs> um, no, it was, it was a good experience. Uh, obviously, Wichita State's really good. I think we beat them two out of three, and then they didn't lose a game the rest of the year. So uh, it's it's not like they're just a, a scrub team or whatever. They're they're definitely really good. Yeah, which uh, it's just the, the school you went to also is, is like a nasty, nasty school. But when you were in the fall, was part of you going into that – into that fall season where you like, damn, man, I better make it. I better, I better carve here because there's a lot of dogs I see around me that are maybe going to push me out of my starting role. Yeah. I mean, when I got there, like no spots are already set in stone. So you, I mean, you got to earn it. Uh, a lot of teams think, I guess you got to go power fives to whatever, to, to be really good. But I mean, I, our pitching staff, our numbers were among the best in the nation. Um, obviously we got off to a good start we were 12 and 4 so yeah no definitely like our, our team's definitely not uh not to be looked past I guess so definitely had to earn that spot who was uh like who was a couple teams that you guys had on the schedule this year that you didn't get to play like some like good SEC schools or some like powerhouses like that uh well we played uh Louisiana Raging Cajuns and then we were supposed to play uh LSU and then we we're supposed to play like Houston and Mercer at the end of the year. Could you imagine if you had to pitch against LSU and then just carve their ass? You probably would have went first round, like with ease. (laughs) I think think the shortened season kind of screwed you over, to be honest, man, because 28 innings – I mean, the stats are sick, but, like, 28 innings, obviously, it's like a little bit of a small sample size. Could you imagine if you would have went, like, let's say, like, 55 innings with, like, three earned runs? 
they yeah, you, yeah. they would have start building the statue of you in Saskatchewan right now <laughs> if you did that. And I want to I want to bring up Saskatchewan. So are you kind of looked upon there because you're from a small town? Are you kind of looked upon there as like the second coming of like Jesus Christ, <laughs> like just the golden <laughs> child in Saskatchewan? Uh, I mean, I guess lately there's been a lot of support, but uh, kind of everywhere I go, whether it's my town or getting groceries or something, everybody's like, hey, congrats or whatever. Uh, you're, you're the baseball player. Uh, how's that going? And uh, no, it's pretty cool, though. It, it definitely is cool because especially being from Saskatchewan, which is I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of listeners that don't even know what Saskatchewan is, but where it is in Canada, what part of Canada it's in. But Saskatchewan is a very low-key province in Canada, and it's just crazy to see a, a, a guy go from Saskatchewan to small-town USA, Colby, Kansas, and now he's got drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Man, it's honestly the one of the craziest like journeys in ba- in baseball right now. It's actually insane. Like, did you go into this year kind of thinking, man, I have a really really good opportunity here to get drafted in the in the major league draft pretty high? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously at the start of this year, it was, it was 40 rounds. So I'm like, my goal after last year being drafted in the 35th, I was, my goal going into the year was be a top 10 rounder. And uh, obviously I had a good start to do that. And then all of a sudden it's cut to five rounds. I'm like, oh gosh, this isn't, this isn't good. So uh, no, I kind of had to, um, well, I talked to a lot of people. I really, I wanted to get into the five rounds, but uh, it was kind of a 50-50 chance. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't know if I was going to get drafted or not. Obviously, some guys know they're guaranteed for a second rounder, but yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't quite my case. For sure, and and definitely like the drop of the five rounds this year is is honestly just the stupidest shit of all time. I can't even believe <laughs> that this is like a legitimate thing. Is just dropping the draft of five rounds. Yeah. But when but when you get drafted when you got drafted last year by the St. Louis Cardinals in the thirty fifth round, like you said. How close were you to just saying fuck it and signing to the St. Louis Cardinals? I, I was close. I mean, it, we took it to the last day until you could sign last summer. So it was it was a long time thinking, long time negotiating. But finally, I'm like, well, I think I can go back to school and uh, up my stock. So that's that's what I did. So how close were like? Was there an offer on the table for you where you're like, damn, like if I I, I borderline might not turn this down. Yeah, no, it was it was right there. I mean, I started a number and they they went up and I'm like, oh, gosh. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I can maybe get more than that and uh, go higher next year. So uh, I turned it down. Do you even know what the slot value was for you this year? I, I honestly I have no idea. Uh, it was I think it was 402. Oh, that's a little fuck. That's a little chunk of change in the bank. account. <laughs> I mean, if you think that is. That's American, right? So that's a lot of money Canadian. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you might have to build a nice little ranch over there in Saskatchewan <laughs> with that little chunk of change, man. I mean, and and thinking about this too, your agent hit a lick. Your agent's probably like, damn. I mean, we had last year thirty fifth round. This year we're going in the fifth. A little chunk of change for the agent too. Um, what agent? What agency are you with? I'm with True Gravity Baseball. They're they're actually in Toronto, so. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be quite getting full slot just because every team this year is trying to save money and things. So it's not quite, not quite that big of a chunk of change. It, it definitely sucks. I was talking about this with Cade Cavalli last week uh, before he got drafted. Uh, it's it's going to be definitely weird this year for you guys because you're not going to be able to fly down to Pittsburgh and, like, visit the fans, go to the park and kind of experience that kind of stuff. So it's going to be definitely a weird experience for you for sure because – you're kind of just planted now at home. You can't really go to the U.S., can't really do anything, man. So 
it's definitely a, definitely a weird thing for you. And being in Saskatchewan, is there a couple, and even in Colby, is there a couple of girls from Colby and Saskatchewan being like, hey, Logan, I heard you got drafted in the fifth <laughs> round. What's up? What's up, Logan? How, how, not even girls, like just regular people, guys, whatever. Have people been hitting you up a little bit more often now? Uh, no, I wouldn't quite say that, but I mean, there's been a lot of Instagram followers, that kind of thing lately, but no, I mean, I, I got my friends back home. I, I still talk to them and everything. And I mean, we, we hung out the night I got drafted. So it was a good time. Has a, a so what's been like the, the, some of the requests you've gotten the DMS of Instagram from pirates fans? Like, can you send me a jockstrap? Can you send me a, like, <laughs> what has been a weird request you've gotten in the, in the man and the DMS? Uh, I mean, there's been a couple, I got obviously a couple podcasts and then a couple, uh, want to send me stuff to sign. So I'm like, I uh, might as well. So a uh, couple baseball cards. And then I think I got sent a Bible verse to help me out with everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been, it's all been uh, normal things. It's crazy, man. I mean, so do you, are, are you the highest draft pick in Colby history? I believe you are going fifth round, right? Uh, I, in Colby history, I, th I think so. I'm, I'm not even too sure. Dude, I, I'm going to tell you right now, they're, they, they might retire a jersey down there in Colby. If that ever happened to McCook, like someone got drafted top five rounds, a jersey would be retired. I mean, <laughs> Jake Sanford did get dropped in the third round yeah, last year. So, I mean, and talk about that at bat. I mean, you got – and people would never expect this. People would never go to a JUCO game in, in Colby, Kansas, and think that a Pittsburgh Pirates fifth rounder be on the mound facing a New York Yankees third rounder in the middle of nowhere. Do you remember those at-bats you had against Jake Sanford? Uh, I, not really, but I do remember watching his BP in Colby before the game, and, uh, and he's hitting balls over our batter's eye with one hand, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then, uh, obviously, you know, his sophomore year, he did pretty good, but uh, I think we had his number that year. We, I mean, he hit he, – everything he did hit against us is double in the gap, or I feel like – we, we had his number a little bit, but he, he definitely still raked. And then all of a sudden, like you said, at Western Kentucky, he did take off. So uh, it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, it's definitely crazy to just even looking back on it and just thinking that even in that matchup, like some of the matchups that we had were like maybe the most horrific baseball games of all time. Like it'd be like 1917, like just yeah. the pitchers would just never show up or it'd be like the most errors in a game ever possible but for people listening to this that are thinking about going juco i mean colby is like i'll talk about colby till, till the sun comes down man. i mean colby you got a beautiful field rock is an electric coach i mean he always wears pants up which is just an incredible <laughs> move that a coach does that even even nowadays with the pants up style but what what like did did you want to go d1 out of high school or was colby like pretty much the only option you kind of had uh, no, I mean, I had I had two offers out of high school is Colby or a Juco in Iowa. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to the one that's a little further south has a nicer field. Um, and obviously the coaches uh, rock, you can't you can't really get much better than him. So uh, no, Col that's uh, the main reason I chose Colby. Do you think Rock maybe shed a tear when he saw Logan Hoffman get drafted by Tom Verducci on MLB Network? Do you think he was uh, like, that's so. my boy right there? Yeah, for sure. I think he did. That's electric. I mean, the, and the thing that's just crazy about Juco is what people don't understand is, is the high, like the, the, the baseball coach coaches a class. Like it, that, like they get so close with you. Like my coach, J.O., coached this random class called coaching, which I mean, obviously it's coaching, <laughs> it's a class. 
but it's just so weird. Like what, 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 what class did rock teach? I heard he was like, uh, like he was really, really religious or something like that. Yeah. I honestly don't know if he taught like an actual class, but I think he, like we had get togethers and that kind of thing, but his, his wife was a teacher at the school though. Yeah. That's the thing about, I, I believe, and I, I could, I, I don't even think that little small town USA has even followed the concussion. I mean, not the concussion, the coronavirus <laughs> protocol. I don't think corona, coronavirus has even reached small town USA. Cause I'm telling yeah. you right now, if I was there, we'd still be practicing. We'd still be going to class. There'd be, there would be nothing different if no. there, with this coronavirus stuff, man. It, it, it like, it, it's just a whole nother beast down there in small town USA. It really is, man. It's the, it's the, it was one of the biggest adjustments I've ever had to make in my life. So what, what sure. was like the what was the funniest story that you kind of had from your Colby career? Like, let's just I'll start it off with mine. Like I said earlier with Eric Sim, before the last weekend of baseball, a couple guys there was we got we we're at a party and the cops showed up and the cops wrote us all tickets. People were jumping out of windows, snapping their ankles so they couldn't play the last weekend out of a two story building. They were jumping out of the jumping out of the window, which is bananas, but. What is like the funniest story you have from Colby? Because you guys used to get after it. You guys were not scared to get after it, especially. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to hear stories. Uh oh, gosh, I got a lot. I'd probably say my, I think it was my sophomore year, um, or maybe it was my freshman year. I don't even know. But uh, there, yeah, like you said, there's a big party one one night, and it was in the middle of a field somewhere. And actually, me and a couple other guys, we kind of we just stayed in the dorms. We didn't even go. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I get a whole bunch of texts and calls that obviously the cough showed up and everybody's uh, trying to get away, whatever. And then um, they're, they're like, well, we need somebody here from the university to drive all you guys home. And uh, so me and another guy drive there and whatever, we're taking people home. And then the next day uh, in our group chat, there's like a picture of a couple guys. One guy had to go to the hospital. He ran into a barbed wire fence, had to get stitches. And this is like a week before I think like the tournament or our, or our playoff series. So it was, it was a pretty hectic night. And uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it, it was a good time in Colby. But uh, yeah, no, I got I got a lot of stories that um, like I mean, another one we had to run home from the field one time, which wasn't fun. Everybody just took their shirts off, walked, and everybody was throwing shoes in. It was it was pretty funny. Yeah, we've had a couple of stories. I mean, we used to do this insane, like, I don't know what was going on here. As our freshman year, we used to do this insane thing where we would do, like, this crazy leg day where the sets would be, like, heavyweight. The sets would be 20, 18, 16, 14, 12, 10. And then we'd do a leg day circuit right after that. And then we'd do this, like, uh, this was my freshman year, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then we would do this hospital run where we would run from the gym to two miles to the hospital and then back. And then now that, that was the end of our workout. And I would be there and me, I, I obviously I just get blackout all the time. I just booze the whole time I was there and I would just be in horrific shape. Like I was good at lifting weights, but the cardio was hor- horrible. Cardio the, the cardio you do in Juco, people don't get this. No. It's hell. It's like, it's like the U S Navy Corps. Like that's what you do for cardio there. I mean, do you have any stories about like punishment runs that you guys had to do? Oh, um, punishment runs. I guess uh, th- my freshman year, um, we had this thing. It, it was like a bunting drill, and obviously the pitchers we wouldn't bunt because we weren't we didn't hit. And uh, 
So our hitters would do a bunting drill and we'd set up bats down the line and you had to get it inside or whatever. And uh, so if they didn't get like, I forget what the percentage was inside, we had to do, uh, you know what six and nines are? Yeah. The triangles. So yeah, yeah, we had to do a six and I, I think we did one of those every day for like over a week straight. And the pitchers are all sitting there and we're like, why are we doing this? And every time we said that, it was like, well, you guys are part of the team too, which I mean, it is true, but uh, we were just sitting there, like, yelling at our hitters, like, please get it in because we don't want to run. So uh, that that's probably the worst punishment running I've had to do. But luckily after that, uh, there, we didn't we didn't have to do too much punishment runs, which wasn't, wasn't too bad. For people who don't know what a 6-9 and nine is, okay, so a 6-9 and nine is you go from home plate to the right field foul pole, straight to the left field foul pole, and then back to home plate – you have to do six of those in nine minutes. It's literally hell. Like, it's it's <laughs> as close to hell as, like, Paul. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy because no. it's far as hell. Like, it's so far. You have to go 320 feet and then across and then 320 feet back. You have to do that six times. So, it's the worst workout of all time. So, for people thinking, like, Ju- you, Juco turns you into a man. I'll say it time and time again, man. Bryce Harper went there. Ever heard of him? He was a Juco guy. So, that, that, that's what I'll say right there. Bryce Harper, Juco. And then you, and then I want to talk about your draft here. So you get drafted last week, fifth round. Did you kind of know going into that draft last week that you were going to go within the five rounds? Uh, like I said, I was probably 50, 50. Like I didn't, I didn't really know. I've been talking to quite a few teams, but obviously it's only five rounds. So some teams have three picks, some teams have seven. So uh, it's pretty tough, but actually a couple of picks before I got chosen, um, I got a call saying that they're going to take me in like in two picks or whatever. And then I was, it was like the longest, whatever, nine minutes of my life. It felt like an hour. I was just sitting there and I'm like, I'm not believing until I actually see my name on the TV. But once I saw my name on the TV, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. So what was like the atmosphere like in your house? Like you guys are obviously watching it and it's like the rounds are passing by and your name's not getting called, but are you still in communication with like your agent and stuff? Like they're saying like, listen, I think you're going to go this round here. Uh, yeah, my, my advisor called me probably four times during the draft with just like different teams. And uh, if they might take me here, might take me there. So it was, it was pretty hectic. So yeah. What, like I said, what was the atmosphere like in your house though? Like, were, was like, the, oh, was there okay. a ton of family? Uh, no, it's just my mom, my dad, and my sister. And uh, no, actually, a funny story. So obviously, I'm pretty tense during the draft. I had to change shirts, I think, because my armpits were so sweaty. And I'm walking, <laughs> walking around the house, uh, just pacing all over. And then my mom tries to cheer me up. She comes up to me. She's like, "It's it's going to be okay, no matter what happens. Like if you don't get drafted." And I got pretty pissed at her. And then everybody's mad at each other. I don't think anybody talked to each other in my house for about half an hour because uh we were just all getting mad and then all of a sudden i guess when the fourth fifth round came i started to get more calls and the the uh the tone uh was a little more joyous in the house and i was it was pretty funny do you remember what like todd or tom verducci and like the mlb scouts said about you after the draft pick like were you even like a were you like was the was the house just going bananas at that point so you couldn't really hear what they were saying yeah, no, I didn't actually hear a word. I just saw my name and heard it, and I just jumped up and started hugging everyone. But uh, I watched it later. One of my buddies sent it to me, and he's like, they only said you were 90-91 and had two pitches. And I was like, oh, whatever, I guess. I mean, I don't really care. It's, it's, what, they, it's what their scouting report says. It's not what they actually saw, I guess, this spring. So 
Yeah, they, they must have, I mean, they must have watched you maybe on like a cool down day bullpen because you are not 90 to 91. I, I, I don't know. This is what I'll say. The major league scout, like the, the, the pre-draft rankings and the major league scouts aren't the brightest human beings of all time because I genuinely think they, I don't think they even had you going in the, like in the top five rounds, some of them, and you were just getting, your phone was ringing off the hook in the fourth and fifth round. So they don't have a clue, right? Yeah, I mean, no, I was ranked like I was ranked 478 on on the one ranking I was on, which is like 14th round or something. So, no, I mean, that's something I've never really looked at my whole life is rankings just because, I mean, obviously, sometimes it can be biased, but sometimes like most of the time they got the first first guys. They're definitely right on because they are studs and that, and that kind of thing. But I mean, I just don't really pay attention to them. And going into your minor league season, like wherever it is, what is like the biggest thing that you're kind of looking forward to just kind of getting into pro ball and all that kind of stuff? Oh, first thing I'd just say throwing a hitters again, uh, just because it's, it's been a while, but uh, no, I'm just looking forward to getting with a group of guys who, who really want to win. And obviously everybody wants to move on. So everybody's going to be out there competing. And um, I guess just the baseball atmosphere is what I'm looking forward to the most. I would say the thing I'm looking forward to the most for you is to finally get that blue check mark on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> I feel like that, that, like I said, that's a big monument for yeah, guys I like us. I got to get on that. It's, it's been a while. So I believe your agent can do that for you though. So you maybe want to speak with your agent. I believe that's, I, I'm not even lying. I believe that's how you get it done. I don't have an agent. So that's why the account's <laughs> not verified for some reason. We'll figure it out though. I mean, yeah, it what, should be. Like I said, man, once you get verified, it's just it's it's game over. Like you just you get noticed once you retweet someone, they see that little blue check mark. It's I mean, it just it hits different. You know what I mean? <laughs> for me, for instance, it hit it hits different when you see that blue check mark. So I'm excited for you to get that blue check mark, man. That like I said, I'm an off field guy, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's something everybody wants. I already know a couple of my buddies already got it, and I'm like, how did you get it already? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, man. It just. The thing that's cool, going to be cool about you is, is like you kind of had that experience out of JUCO, so it'll be easier for you to adjust to what it, the life is like in minor league baseball because we've heard some stories about like how much of a grind it is, like the shitty yeah. bus rides, and you've experienced all of it, man. Like this is like going to be like second nature to you, man. I mean, <laughs> shitty hotels, seven dollar meal limits when you stop at a McDonald's or a Wendy's, just like JUCO. It's going to be a grind, man. I mean, I'm excited to see where it happens. It just sucks. Because right now, man, if you would have got drafted and baseball was going on right now, you'd get thrown into a minor league system right yeah, now. You'd, you'd exactly. be somewhere right now playing. And unfortunately, you can't be doing that, which is which is pretty shitty, man. I mean, it's definitely a weird – it's going to be a weird change of pace for you. So what what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that by this, this time next year, you think there will be a minor league season? I mean, obviously, I hope so. But, uh, no, I think they got to they gotta come to something too soon. It's, it's – everybody's getting pretty antsy. Uh, I mean – I think there'll be something in the spring, I guess. But, uh, I mean, I'm hoping there's something this fall, even whether it's like, I don't know, scrimmage or something, wherever it may be. But I think there'll be something next year for sure. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. You've got to be optimistic, I guess. I'm not optimistic because yeah. I hate Rob Manfred. <laughs> but besides the fact, besides the fact, this is my last question. Let's get a little bit of a guarantee from you. Like, what, what are you going to hit on the, on the gun next year? Like, what, what's the velo we're looking for? What's the goal we're looking forward to here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say my goals for, I'm going to try to go 96 next year. I mean, obviously I'm not the hardest thrower this year, I guess was, I mean, on the scouting report said 90, 91 for the most part later in the game, I was 90, 91, but I, I think, 
uh, early in games, I can be 92, 94, and maybe bump a six if I got if I got a lot of adrenaline going. Just take a shit ton of pre-workout. That, 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 <laughs> that'll definitely do it for you, man. But yeah. Like I said, man, it's definitely cool. I'm going to be one of those guys that once you're in the show, I'm going to be telling my grandkids I hit a bomb off him, but I also struck out twice. It's going to be cool to see your development, man, especially a guy that has been able to just carve at every single level. It was uh, my boy, former Juco band. It's a pleasure to see your journey, man. It's a pleasure to, it's an honor to see how far you've come from Colby. Now you're, now you're going to be in a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform. You're going to be in the minors, grinding it out with, with all the big boys. My boy, Logan Hoffman, man. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.